Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 31st episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the podcast that lasted longer than Quibi. Hello, my name is Bill Bodkin. I am your host for this episode, and I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, he never wants to be, but he's here every week, except for that one. It's the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Al Manorino. What's going on, buddy? Oh, man. You know what's going on? Uh, the depression slash unemployment beard, full effect. It's growing out very nicely. It very is, full. I have to say. It does not suck. Thank you. Yeah, and it's getting back to the, like that peak, like, uh, month two quarantine, like when I was refusing to shave. It's getting to that point. And I think because of that, because of that time during quarantine where I was just going full wildebeest, it's growing in much fuller now, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. That it's 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 called you know it's just like riding a bike except with your face and with hair. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I also love how your full grown beard is like if I shaved this whole thing off and three days later that's what it would be. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you are that's still going a child. Uh, Correct. This week we have a very special guest because she is making her debut. She is a comedian. She is the first lady of pro wrestling on thepopbreak.com. She's a Pop Break staff writer, and she's also interviewed some amazing people like Brittany Young from the sadly now defunct Glow, um, uh, a couple ca- Saturday Night Live cast members, which is a, the only person to do that. And she is a massive Hubie Halloween stand. Melissa Joven rocking the NWO t shirt, which none of you can see, but welcome to the podcast. That was a great intro. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You cut. Co- you covered everything. I peaked. This is this is the best. I this is the best work I do on this show. I also love how you consistently tell people that this is a podcast. Like they know that we do this over Skype and that we see, you know, what the other person's wearing, what's going on now, in the background, listen, things like that. I know we, we have, always like. I know Nick Percaro is the only person who listens to this podcast. Hey, hey, Nick. Yeah. We talked to you earlier today. Um, <laughs> But, you know, not everyone knows, so, you know, you have to, we have to fill the people in. We have to assume we're going to have new listeners. Melissa's got a lot of fans in the comedy world, in the world of, you know, Philly fanatic, you know, websites that you run. Um, you know, she's going to bring, she's going to bring a lot of, she's going to bring a lot of people to this podcast. If you bring one person to this podcast, we will really appreciate it. Um, uh, the fans are out in full force. Nice. So, how have you been holding up over the past seven months of the bullshit we've been dealing with? Oh, man. Uh, A loaded question, I know. (laughs) It's so up and down. Uh, It started off, I'm like, all right, this is fine. A couple couple weeks inside. And then it was like, okay, this is fine. A couple months inside. And then I'm like, I am not doing well. And then it was like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing well. And then I was like, "Mm, but you're not. And now I'm doing okay. Good. And also, spoilers, uh, Melissa and I are both watching AEW Dynamite <laughs> through various devices while doing this podcast. Al, you are barely awake, so don't don't roll your eyes too hard. Uh, you were supposed a, to host this week. I, I did a big sigh on that one. And it's not because um, it's not because you guys are watching wrestling, because, you know, you guys can do whatever you want. Um, but. It's mostly because I am not watching something at the same time as this. You usually are. I mean, people don't know that, like, Al has, like, 
bag of comic books during this, sold those said comic books on eBay, um, has basically designed a website, I think, while we've been doing it, been a father, almost murdered by various creatures of the night in his former Murder Basement podcast studio. So, yes, you you take care of stuff. You've watched a couple Monday Night Football games. That's why we stopped recording on Monday, because I wanted to watch football and not... (laughs) while we're on the podcast uh, yeah when you told me that um well i also i also like to watch the mass singer i'll admit it um and when you told me that we were doing this on a wednesday i was like what time <laughs> i don't want it to conflict with my two wednesday shows <laughs> do you know there is a show now called the masked wrestler yeah but the, what yeah that's so- already no the masked wrestler is a show like the masked singer where they have three du- judges and they cut promos under masks and full body suits, and then there's a match, and the winner of the match has to be is revealed. It's on when, when? it's on independentwrestling.tv, um, and uh, I will give you my login so you can watch it. If you love the Mass Singer, you will you'll be all <laughs> in on this show. I'm I'm all in. That sounds like it's a lot of uh con- converging interests of mine. It totally is. Al again is like God. Why? <laughs> on his phone <laughs> oh are we still recording a podcast <laughs> wait is this a podcast or is bill <laughs> bill also bullshitting um, <laughs> um oh, oh fuck because i have to write down all these times one second uh <laughs> let's move into our first segment which is seriously what the fuck what the actual fuck now the original subject matter we were going to talk about was going to be super quick and probably not that interesting, which was going to be Charlie Brown was moving off broadcast TV and he's going to be available on Apple TV Plus. Spoilers, it's for free. Um, but we Al found a really really fun one on Twitter. Um, there is a a tweet that went around saying, "Hey, if you were given a billion dollars and could build a theme park." based off a movie or movie franchise, what would it be? And describe yes. it. First Quickly, off, I just want to shout out the person. Please do, because I have wrestling on my phone, so I can't look it up. Uh, he <laughs> uh, is at Mr. Cam W. And uh, it, the Wicker Cam is his like, Halloween Twitter name. So we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, at Mr. Wick, at Mr. Cam W. The exact tweet said, someone just gave you $1 billion to build a theme park based on a film what are you building? Which is honestly a great, like, you know how they always do these like stupid Twitter questions. You know, we were about to talk about another one. We were about to talk about, you know, you know, uh, which Chris has to go. It was like, you know, I was, I was, I was grasping at straws. (laughs) Yeah. It was the worst question. I'm like, please don't say yes to this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, but this one intrigued me because this is like a, a legit fun, you know, you can name a movie, but you, we can go into some detail here of like why your movie deserves its own theme park. And listen, they made a, a an entire theme park based off of Harry Potter. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I, I think Disney's working on uh, a Marvel park. They have a Star Wars park. Like, well, this is they not- have like Star Wars. Se- they have a whole Toy Story Land, like like sections of of parks. They don't have a full you park. know, something I learned recently is that um, where they filmed the live action Popeye movie. They just turned it into a Popeye theme park. Okay, first off, where is this? 
Uh, I don't know. I just know that there's a live-action Popeye theme park that was built on the area that they, they filmed the movie, and it looks ridiculous. It's still open? Yeah, as far as I know. It was that, That's a crazy movie, because it's like a Robert Altman film, and a Robert Altman fame director. And it was like, I remember that being on HBO when I was a kid in the 80s all the time. And it was just like weird. It's supposedly a massive disaster at the box yeah, office, it, but it, it, uh, like the cinematography was uh, supposedly real good. Cause oh, the set the set good. design was in, incredible. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a live action Popeye movie with Robin Williams as Popeye, Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil. I want to say Dennis Franz from NYPD Blues in it. It's it's a very interesting movie, uh, to say the like least. The Shelley Duvall casting is like on point. Oh, right? it was oh, like yeah. A spot on. oh yeah. Couldn't have been better. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I also yeah. want to say it was a part musical too. That would make sense based on the what I saw of the theme park. It looked like there was a lot of dancing and Yeah. I, I know I know Shelley Duvall definitely sang a song <laughs> in it. I, I definitely have that memory from a ch- being a child. But this is not a Popeye <laughs> Uh, stay a podcast, <laughs> no, no, um, but it, this was fascinating next, though. Next week, next week, next week, we'll invite you back, Melissa. Um, is uh, yeah, it's I know. I'm gonna go to Al first, so <laughs> Melissa can enjoy this wrestling segment. Uh, Al, yeah, you on. originally on Twitter said you would love an adult-themed park, not that way, but a theme mm-hmm. park for adults based off the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright, Cornetto trilogy finale, The World's End. Now, is that your pick uh, for this podcast? Because I know you like the easy way out sometimes. Ooh, I could probably ramble about why I think that's uh, an ideal pick. I think the whole trilogy would make a really good theme park. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's also a good point too. The reason I, the first thing I thought of was like I never been to an adult the uh, adults only theme park, mostly because every time you say adults only, it's always. It's results in dirty thoughts, right? But like, boring. I'm thinking like, you know, the best part of Epcot where you can drink around the world, but yes. the world's end. Like all those, like literally go to every single bar from the movie, oh. um, but like have attractions based off it because of all the action in the movie. There's you can do different like, uh, based off the set pieces from the movie, you can have uh, rides that kind of cater toward that. I think that's a great idea. Um, the one that just came to me though, I think. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Ooh. would make a really cool theme park because yeah. you can do legitimately anything you want. You can go through all the different iterations of Spider-Man across all the different uh, dimensions and everything like that. Not just the ones that were in uh, introduced in the movie, but the ones that will probably be introduced in the sequel. I'm talking about uh, different Spider-Women because uh, there's been multiple. Um, Spider-Punk uh, is one of my favorites. Or... Uh, Leah Pardon, I think is his name. It's the uh, the Japanese Spider-Man that, that he had his own show in the 70s. Um, Dan Slott, the writer, when he uh, created Spider-Verse, he reintroduced that iteration of Spider-Man into the comics. So like things like that, I think it would be really cool because you can go to all different worlds and explore, uh, you know, you can have rides based off of uh, all of these things. And Spider-Verse, like was a fucking ride at the theater. Like it was unlike anything we ever saw. And you know, with the, the animation was just groundbreaking. 
I think you can make a ton of rides just based on that alone, let alone whatever they have planned for the sequel. So uh, my pick is either World's End or the entire Cornetto trilogy or as uh, diehard fans who made up the trilogy call it the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy um, or the Spider-Verse. What about you, Melissa? Those are both solid. And like I almost Nicholas Cage has to voice like three rides, by the way. <laughs> like, oh, of course. Uh, the Spider Verse one is such a good pick, especially because like immediately I was thinking of, and I I can't remember this the exact name, but the one, the the one that was like a like a robot. She was like yeah. in a robot, oh. like having like a simulator ride where you're in the mm-hmm. robot and you're piloting the robot. That would be so fucking cool. Am I allowed to get? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that is. Uh, Penny Parker, yeah, and her Parker. and her robot has a. It's like a. I, I think can't it's remember like a, robot. I gotta look it up because it's gonna irritate me. But yes, yeah, uh, that's 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 a solid pick. Yeah, just having that, that like immersive experience of just being inside the the like the mech suit or a, like basically yeah. like a Spider-Man Gundam at that point, right? Yeah. So it's like that would be fucking awesome. And that yeah, whole finale, totally. the whole finale. Where they're like, where they're that's what I'm as a ride, like, like a, yeah, yeah, like that was just so cool. Like, just imagine, like, um, you imagine like Disney's Filler Magic. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have ever seen Disney's Filler Magic, uh, which is one of my favorite attractions in Disney, because it's like it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts, where it just hits you with like just like a nostalgia bomb, right? So that a kind of like. 4D movie experience mixed with like a roller coaster type ride that takes you like through loops and stuff while you're almost you're like kind of like you're part of the battle. I think yeah. that would be pretty oh, amazing. I think it would be right? so intense. That would be really cool. That would be. I'm sorry. I I, I threw the list. That's okay. And then went back. <laughs> no, but he also but also you have Spider Ham too, which I mean, I mean your son uh, literally came out of the womb and was like, Spider Ham at Comic Con. Spider-Ham could be, like, the part for children. How, like, if you go to Six Flags... And children. Al and I, I think all three of us would be there. <laughs> oh, I would be there. Oh, but, I like, totally no, there. you gotta designate... Yeah. You gotta have, like, Spider-Ham's water... Like, you know, like, it's just like a water park area for oh. kids. And... Yeah. By the way, if you guys have not watched the... um, It, it was, uh... I think it was part of the DVD set. Well, there's your friend. Also, you can watch here. it on YouTube. They did like a spider ma- a spider ham short in the style of like a classic Warner Brothers cartoon. I love that. Oh, oh I did see that. It's so good, like so 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 good. But uh, and Mulaney voices them obviously. It's it's great, and uh, it just continues to expand on how amazing that movie is. I cannot fucking wait for the sequel. Melissa, go. Okay. Um, is, am I allowed to pick a miniseries? Yeah, yeah, you can pick whatever okay. you want, it's fine. Well, so, like, By the way, we I just watched to... the musical number in wrestling, like, in the back. Yeah, we I were was, just, I, like, both Melissa and I are I laughing and, like, also listening to Al's really, <laughs> Al's brilliant pick. I can't, I still, I want that Spider-Verse ride. Yeah, like, I hope. Well, I'm jealous that you said that, because that would, that, that's Does Universal idea. have the rights to Spider-Man for, like, theme parks, right? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that future ride, so. Universal has currently the the Hulk ride Hulk. still at the Spider Man ride. Yeah. They might still have the Storm ride if I'm not. I think there's a Fantastic Four ride. Oh, they I don't know about that. I know there was a Storm ride. I don't know if it's still. I remember. I remember. I, mean, I probably didn't. Unless that one's it. at no, 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 that one would be at Universal. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, 
that would be cool if they had a storm ride. But yeah, because I'm thinking like for Universal Studios, like you know, it's everyone talks about Disney, but imagine having a spider. They should do a Spider Verse ride, and that would be That's such a saying. huge hit. What I'm saying is, I don't think because of like you know how like these yes. deals go, it's not it's not like a we own this forever. It's like if we don't make this by then, I know that's how the movies are, but like I don't remember Universal saying like, "Hey, we have a new Marvel ride." So I think that's mm. done. I think that whatever they have, they're allowed to have, but I don't think they're allowed to make anymore because Disney owns. I mean, that's part of the reason. Obviously, besides toys, making movies is the theme parks. So that's you know, true, we're gonna have a Marvel Land, and they're gonna probably do Marvel stuff. Oh, oh wait, weren't they doing? Sorry, go. They were doing Avengers oh, Academy. I know that. So Sony owns the rights to the Spider-Man movie fr- franchise. Correct. So maybe if because Sony doesn't or because Marvel doesn't own the rights to, for example, into the Spider-Verse, maybe there's a way they could work that out. Mm. But I don't know. That would yeah, be I'm so thinking cool. that I'm thinking that Marvel Disney owns the rights now to any future rides because I remember. They're building the Marvel, as uh, as Bill, I was about to say Lucas, who produces this podcast, as Bill <laughs> said, they have this like Avengers Academy thing. They're building like this uh, uh, Avengers land or whatever. They have a, a fully animatronic Spider-Man who swings through the entire, Bill, do you remember this? They have this what? Spider-Man that like swings through, he swings through the park. He's like this robot. That they have that looks like lifelike and I swinging so. through the park. I think I remember. That sounds, like it, sounds like a lawsuit waiting. Yes, <laughs> it it's legit has to be, but it looks amazing. Anyway, so I'm thinking that they have the rights for anything future, and then yeah. Universal. I don't. I don't think Sony. I think Sony's completely out of the picture because they, a they don't have a park, and b they don't have the rights because Universal had the rights for uh, Marvel theme park stuff, and I think now Disney has taken all of that over. And Universal is allowed to keep the stuff, but they can't make any future stuff. So mm. that does uh, that back does. to the point. They totally fucking should do that because that's a great idea. And, and hey, me. Disney, hire Al. He's not doing anything. Come on. <laughs> I won't curse as much, I swear. Yeah, no, it's true. He's wholesome. Melissa, what is the theme park you have? Okay. So, um, and I, I was actually just saying this the other day to someone. Have you seen Over the Garden Wall? Over the Garden Wall. I've heard it's about like, it. I don't, I'm not it, sure if I know it. It's an animated miniseries. It's like a cartoon. It's like 10 episodes. And it's like very fall themed. And it's about these two kids who get they're, get, they're lost in the woods and they're trying to find their way home. And then like they just keep coming across all of these different like environments that are like yes, I have treacherous in their own way. And I, th- I was just watching it and, th- and thinking like when I was with my sister and we were just like, this would make such a cool theme park because there's like the woods. And then there's like there's like this little town, this like quaint little town with all of these people. They're like skeletons that wear pumpkins. And then there's like a tavern. There's an episode that takes place in a tavern. And then there's like this rich guy with this really big mansion. And like all of those different locations would make great sections of a theme park. You know, like Ooh, yeah, they would. Now, where can people watch that show? I believe it's on Hulu. It might also be on HBO Max. Actually, no, I know it's on Hulu, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent on it being being on HBO Max. But it's on Hulu. Possibly HBO Max. It's like ten episodes. They're all about ten minutes each. It's not very long, but it's it's extremely good. It's one of the best fall slash Halloween themed things, almost the best uh, that I could think of. And like 
it would be a really cool theme park idea because there would be, you know, like I said, there's like the woods, it's its own location. There's a tavern, so that could be like the uh, the the restaurant. You know where you find me, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I dig that. That's so exactly. cool. I and and it's like, um, is there any big like? Do you think there'll be any like big rides or anything like that, or is it just like? be more of like yeah. a oh yeah okay so let me fill me in on that because i'm excited and how old would you say like the age range for the show is that's a good question because it's you know it's on it was on cartoon network so it's like oh. you know it, you know they could be pretty young but it is genuinely a little spooky so okay. it's it, like there are parts of it that are a little bit like uh even as an adult you're kind of like oh i can't believe that like a cartoon network cartoon would would be this creepy but um there's like an episode that um, takes place in like this dream world called Cloud City, and it's it's very like old like I'm thinking like Max Fleischer kind of like cartoons like really oh, old like um, all of like the characters in Cloud City are just very old school cartoons and it's very um, very like it's called Cloud City so you can imagine what it looks like yeah and yeah. that would that would make a really cool like kind of like you know i don't know what you would call them i'm not a super big theme park person but those rides (laughs) the rides that are like um they're not necessarily roller coasters but they're like a simulation of a roller coaster like that like the simpsons ride okay okay yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah they're like they're like a simulator yeah they still feel like a roller coaster you're still going through and it's like in epcot i think this thing called soren where you're in a seat and it feels like you're flying but you're not actually flying yeah, it would th- that would be a great or a full roller coaster, but I like the simulation idea because you can, like the Simpsons. You have you been on the Simpsons ride, right? No, I've never been on the Simpsons oh, ride. Which wow. which park is that at? Universal. I haven't been to Universal since they had the Miami Vice stunt show oh. in 1991, <laughs> which we established was the year you were born in. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was That's ten funny. <laughs> or That's almost a, ten. Yeah, I. Wow. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> that sounds very fun, but I was, I like, there was a period of time where I was really, I, because I'm not a big theme park person as far as going to theme parks, but I, um, there's a couple of YouTube channels. One's called, I think it's called Yesterworld. Um, yes. And I just like watching their, their videos about old theme park rides, and Universal had some really wacky stuff. They had like a Xena and Hercules oh my stunt God. show. Yes, I do remember that. Yes, I do remember that. See, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I haven't been there forever, but yeah, like, I still remember, like, when I saw the Miami Vice stunt show, which I brought up for the second time, it was, like, years after the show was canceled. That show was legit (laughs) off the air for, like, three years. And, um, I think they have a Waterworld, um, stunt show in the Universal California. They do. I think you're, I think you're right. Because Christopher Daniels, who's on AEW, (laughs) And like sometimes he used to act in that on the regular <laughs> as the head, the Dennis Hopper character. And I, I like up for shits and giggles, he would just go back and do the role. Oh my God. Even when he was making like shitloads of money, he'd be like, yeah, why not? Just go back. I'm, I'm bored on a Wednesday. Let me go be the bad guy <laughs> in a stunt show. Um, uh, I want to go see a stunt show. Um, it's about time. I want <laughs> I've seen, I see, like I said, I saw the one and then I saw, I saw the Indiana Jones one in, um, which is a Hollywood Studios for Disney. Yeah, yeah. I they're, found Batman at Six Flags. They're fun-ish, you know. <laughs> they are what they are. 
But, like, right now, having not, like, done anything and oh. not had a house much, I'm like, I would 100% go to the Miami Vice stunt show. Oh, right dude. I, and I want, the, I want it to be like, what is Don Johnson doing right now? Nothing. <laughs> you know, I know he was in Watchmen. But, I mean, like, come on. He would do it. Um, but, yeah, um, but, I would totally be down for that. Um, yeah. Like, it would, like, the, uh, oh, yeah, I was saying The Simpsons Ride. It's, like, one of those roller coaster simulators. It's really, um, like, I, I'm not a big roller coaster guy. Oh, but I'm not either. The ride is, it's like, like I almost threw up. Like, <laughs> that ride really shakes you all over the place, makes you feel like you're going upside down. Oh, yeah, that's like the soaring ride in Epcot. Like, my mother-in-law went on, I didn't, we didn't go on that one, but my mother-in-law was on it, and she was, like, getting motion sick. She's like, oh my, she thought she was, like, she was, like, deathly. She was, like, white-knuckling the whole time. You were still in the seat, and you are moving around. But, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's intense. Now, Al's not here because he has to go be a parent. Um, but my theme park pick, and that's why I said he would hate it because I am that guy. I would do the point break theme park because, okay. well, God damn it. The site's named after the movie, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, this would be a great, like action packed, like theme park. Like obviously a big part of the movie is surfing wave pool. Oh, yeah. Totally have a whole water park, wave pool type thing. It'd be super rad. You could do surfing. You could do, like, um, there was this bar in, in down the Jersey Shore, right side of Asbury, that used to have mechanical surfboard riding instead of mechanical bull. So we'd hop on a, um, it's now called, uh, it's so locally referenced. Melissa will know it, though. <laughs> It's a deal bar and company. It's like right outside. Uh, it used to be the lake house and a part. It was when it was park Hills. Like wait, you were probably like, I don't remember that, but I remember, I, I mean, I know the area you're referencing, yeah. but wait, they, they don't have that anymore. They don't have, no, the, this the, happened. Like, gosh, like when I first got out of college, so they, um, they, no, it's not Steve O's on AEW, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and so they would have that. I'm like, man, I would love to see that happen i would love to see like you have like the you know the the big rubber you know arena basically a pool i'll say so if you get bounced out like a mechanical bull you you fall into like a, a comfortable area but you could do that of course you have like the car chase sequences so you could have a go-kart you could have a go-kart um yeah, uh, yeah or you could it. have a, or you could have like how <laughs> great adventure had mach one you would have like the card, like the car chase, like that. Um, you could also do. Um, I was thinking because you had like a vault, because they rob banks. You could have an escape room in there, like you could do a point break. Like you're, you've got the time with the bank, and you have to like get all these things. I think that that'd be I, cool. I'm pretty sure that that having a escape room in a theme park. I think that's unheard of. I think you're the first person to ever think of that, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. So Al, uh, my pick is a point break theme park is he back on he's not back on he 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 unmuted himself I'm back, sorry. <laughs> yeah no i'm good i'm good i'm back so i said I uh, saying, but... so i had a point break theme park since it's surfing you have a wave pool obviously it'd be great you have like instead of mechanical bull you have mechanical surfing contests um you would have an escape room because like and you would have it like they were you're trying to rob a bank where everything's timed uh, I also think you would have a great ride simulator for the car chase. Uh, you could or also, yeah, or or um, yeah, bumper cars or, or go karts. 
And because there was a lot of skydiving happening, you could have an indoor skydiving park. Yes. Like they have like, uh, it's called, um, I forgot what it's called, like iJump, I think it's called. They have them in North Jersey and I've seen one in Delaware. And, um, you know, there's plenty of places you can eat. You can get the, uh, the tuna on rye, tuna on wheat. You can get the meatball subs. Um, plenty of like shrimp and fries. I'm basically naming everything that they ate in the film. Like tons of stuff you could do. You could be, you could have like a, like a beach resort area, all sorts of stuff. Very action oriented, uh, a theme park. So the Point Break theme park is my choice because I am a big nerd. I love that idea. Honestly, the only the only way I would even like um, add to it would be instead of a Point Break theme park. You make it a Keanu Reeves theme park. Oh my god! I mean, we, like a billion dollars would not be enough. I mean, no, the Matrix definitely. section alone would like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, John Wick would be like the ultimate paintball experience. Well, you would have, could have a you could have a horse, and you could have horse racing. You could have horse riding. Um, yeah, because that's not a, a big lawsuit waiting to happen. Hey, I rode an elephant <laughs> at a theme park one time. Um, well, there you go. Oh, there I go. And I'm still alive, I think, unless this is all simulation. Um, this is, it might be. It Didn't might be speed. There's like a 50% chance that this is all a simulation. Yeah. I saw an article about that. Yeah, it's, I tried to ignore that one. Um, <laughs> you got speed. Um, you've got, uh, what else? What other great Keanu movies? Uh, okay. Bill and Ted. Bear with yeah, me. The Day the Earth Stood Stupid remake. Or no, sorry, the day they stood still. The day it is a stupid remake. That was not a Freudian slip. That was true. <laughs> but bear with me. The concept is good. The movie itself is bad, but making that movie into a theme park section would be cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Keanu Land would be amazing. Oh. No, I just, want to, I just want to make the whole podcast about what we could make a Keanu Reeves theme park now. Oh. oh. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. Constantine, the Constantine Haunted House? Come on! Well, I was going to say that the dude from his, his character in Toy Story 4. Duke Kaboom! Canada's Duke greatest Kaboom. stuntman. You can, Duke, uh, you can have a Duke Kaboom stunt uh, show. show. We were just talking about stunt shows before. Oh, you missed us talking about stunt shows. Yeah. Yeah, whole thing about <laughs> oh, man. What was the one in Disney that was pretty cool? Indiana Jones. No, no, no. That was, that, that was in Hollywood Studios. But there's one in MGM. That's Indiana Jones. No. The I other like, one in MGM. On the other Alright, it's like... No, I'm trying to think. Other, the Wait opposite a, end of the park. They might Wait have, a minute. They might have redone it since then. I want to say it was a car-oriented one because there was a track in my mind. Well, like my did memory. you go to Disneyland or Disney World? No, 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 no Disney World. Well, see, because the back of the park now is you have Star Wars and then you have uh, Toy Story. So they might it might have been there when you were there, so, but so it could it be gone. Next to, if you're looking at Toy Story, yeah. I'm thinking it was like far left from that. That's Star Wars now. So they must have got rid of it. So yeah. I don't know what it was before that. No, it was, it was like, like the great, it was like, show. yeah, no, oh, it was. Wait, there was a car stunt show. It was called Lights, Camera, Action. It was, it. it was yeah. movie land. It was the movie land. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, it was by the, by the Chinese theater. Which it is now... It's by Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. yeah and then they, the, the, the Chinese theater had the great movie ride. And then that's Mickey's Runaway Rails or something like that. Oh, I love the great movie ride. I did, I'm too. Sorry. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but when they, when, they got rid of, uh, when they got rid of Carousel of Progress, I'm like, oh, man. No, they didn't. They're getting rid of good shit. 
Didn't they get rid of Carousel Primers? No, no, they have to update. No, they, no, I was on it last year. It was definitely they're updating it. They're up, no, well, they're updating it, and also it's like a little hard to distance that. And they're also updating People Mover, which is like right outside of it. Uh, I watch too many. Awesome. I watch too many Disney food blog YouTube videos just to keep <laughs> myself happy during quarantine. So I know. Good idea. They also have on Disney Plus, which is uh, again not a sponsor of the show, but we talk about it every week. Too much. Was they have a, like a Disney Insider? It's not. That's not the name. But they have like a behind the scenes of Disney series on Disney Plus, which yeah. is obvious. But like at the same time, I don't think anyone talks about it or knows about it. Yeah, like, it's like a like day in Disney, Disney or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's like, uh, you know, they do like these little vignettes. Vignettes, like, yeah. Vignettes, thank you. Um, different. I know um, five words. That's one of them. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, here's a new attraction we're working on. Here's a new movie. Here's this new thing we're doing on ABC. Like, that's like yeah. each episode. We've like talked that. about Imagineering like 4,000 times on this series. Oh, that and uh, prop culture. Which is oh, I still got to watch it. I gotta, I'll gotta. i get on it. Don't I worry. Want- uh, Melissa, if you're interested in like movie props at all, there's an entire oh, show yes, <laughs> prop culture, which is great. And they talk about so each episode's a different classic movie. So there's a Tron episode, there is a Nightmare Before Christmas episode, I watch Mary that Poppins one. episode. The Mary Poppins episode has one of the most interesting um like uh costume or sorry, uh, interesting prop stories of all time in terms of like how they found this lost prop is super interesting i'm not going to spoil it go watch prop culture on Disney. all right i'm interested in that um i mean i don't have disney plus but i should it's about time yeah yeah get it before get it before it's like it's like seven bucks bucks a month oh yeah but uh also animal kingdom it's a good show if you like nature documentaries i've been watching that with soph um but moving on, so yeah, that is that is seriously what the fuck. And now, as soon as Bill finds his pen, yep, totally lost it. It is uh, time for a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. So a slice of keeping in the Disney vein. Uh, today, the trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon dropped now this has been a uh, long-awaited release from disney from this is from not a pixar film this is from disney animated studios or yeah disney animation sorry and it well i didn't really say when it's coming out because who knows when movies are coming out these days and especially now that disney Mm -hmm. announced last week which we discussed on the podcast are putting a lot of uh well according to wikipedia it's coming out march 12 2021 who knows if that means anything uh, since they're focusing a lot of stuff on streaming, we'll see if that's coming out in theaters. The cast of this film right now um, is Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran, who you might know from Star Wars, uh, is playing Rhea, and Aquafina uh, is also a, in the voice cast. I'm not going to say what character he is, just she is, just in case that is a spoiler. So, guys, what did you think? Melissa, I'm going to start with you. I also turn to you a lot of times for uh, animated film <laughs> thoughts. So what did you think of this trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon? Well, believe it or not, I know that that is, this is going to sound shocking because pretty much all I talk about is wrestling and cartoons. Hey, um, what's wrong yeah, with that, man? I, I am not a big Disney movie fan. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I've never really like been like super, super into Disney. So 
I watched the trailer and I was like, I like the way, it, you know, obviously it's beautiful and I like, I like the, that they're, they're, they're building a new world with a very intricate background. Like if you read the description, like the video description on YouTube, it had like the whole plot summary and it was like huge, like really long. And I was like, I like that there's so much to know about whatever this is, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to rush out to see it. I'll probably catch it whenever it's, I mean, okay, assuming, let's assume that yeah. movies don't come back in theaters and it goes straight to streaming. I mean, it depends. If they do like they did with Mulan, where you have to pay an additional $30 to watch it, I probably won't pay that. I did not pay but, that for Mulan, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. But uh, it looked really, I like the originality of it. Um, I like when... I like when they make movies that are so, like like Moana. Yeah, Moana's great. Moana's a great movie. Oh, and it was very very intricate in the way that they like told this very original story, and I like when they do that. So I'm interested in it from that angle. But just in general, I don't really I don't really race to go see Disney movies anymore. But what do you guys think? Um, Alphonse, as someone who not even your real name. Uh, as someone who's had to watch Moana 6,000 times just in the month of October alone, um, this is cut from the creators of Moana. Uh, what did you think of the trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon? I'm going to put had to in air quotes because I love that goddamn movie. And it's so rewatchable that I'm not even sick of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like Bluey I in that it. respect. Oh, I didn't get me started. By the way... I will get you started. Don't worry. By because, way, Melissa, we got to get you on the bluey train. The costumes, the costumes are happening. You're doing it? We're doing it. So you're Bandit. I'm Bandit. Megan's, uh, Megan's the mom. Chilly. Uh, Parker's going to be Bluey. And Hops going to be Bingo. Well, he's, I mean, he's shaded like Bingo, so that is the, the best is. casting of exactly. all time. It was, it, was the best, it was the best costume ever. Hey, uh, Melissa, we're I, just going to give you the we'll give you the hard sell on Bluey after I give my thoughts on Raya <laughs> and Alcazar. Well, the hard sell will just be like us going, "Oh my god, it's so good!" But yeah, Al, go ahead at your thoughts on the trailer for Raya. I, I mean, my first thoughts are, man, Aquafina is really struggling to get work. She's in everything. Jesus Christ, uh, and I like her too. That's that's the fun part. Um, I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm I'm in. It's it's crazy that there was this weird period where Disney couldn't make a successful film on this. Pixar. Like they couldn't, they straight up could not make a successful film unless it was Pixar animated like, movie. Every every Disney output was just a stinker. Like yeah, Atlantis was, so was bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What bombed? I, I wouldn't say it's bad. Um, was the I, Emperor's I New Groove? Tank. Princess and the Frog. No dinosaurs. No, the Frog Princess did that. Did very well. It did well. I thought it was just no, like it did, critical. That did very well. Uh, Dinosaur did not do very well. Um, there's a few others. Um, I don't. I don't even remember. Oh, Atlantis those. did not do oh, well. Dinosaurs was bad. Yeah, dinosaurs. <laughs> was like, now, now it's different from the little dinosaur. The good or whatever. dinosaur. Good dinosaur. Oh, yeah, the yeah, good dinosaur is a Pixar different. film that they released that the same year as Inside Out because the worry was they yeah. didn't think people would like Inside Out. And it wouldn't yeah. do well, so they also released the good dinosaur, and they completely opposite. Opposite. But uh, yeah, so there was this weird time where Disney's Disney Animation, Disney Animation Studios, whatever they were at that point, could not make a successful film, and then we get things like 
Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph and Moana, and they're like, oh, well, we don't necessarily, quote-unquote, need Pixar uh, to make good animated movies anymore, but now we are the animation king and no one can touch us because we have both, both of these studios cranking out hit after hit after hit. So I think they're doing... They're, they're seeing what happened with Moana and showing, a, 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 a diverse lead. Um, you know, not all kids are, are little white boys who go on adventures. And I'm so glad that we get to see that because, you know, uh, Bill has a young daughter. I hope to have a daughter one day as well. And I have nieces and nephews and stuff that I would love to see. Or, sorry, younger cousins, cousins, not nieces and nephews. Long story, whatever. But anyway, you're Italian. We get it. Yeah, big fan. But I, there's a lot of girls, uh, little young girls on my side of the family that you know don't have a lot of representation when it comes to, uh, you know, look at Marvel superheroes. Look at look look look, look what's been on screen so far. Or they're just Disney princesses, and it's the representation is you know how many yeah. how many early ones were just rec- re- or you know rescued by Prince Charming. You know, not everyone is the one from Brave. You know. Yeah, and, and, and seeing them talk about that in the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, too, was amazing. Uh, but I'm, I'm just glad that we're, we're getting to a point where we're seeing that. And having Kelly Marie Tran, who had to go through such vile uh, online criticism for for getting hired in a role to play, I mean, the nerve of her... Um, that's, I mean, that's such a great thing of Disney keeping uh, an actual talent in the family and bring, and you know, and, and offering her. Uh, I'm sure she probably had to audition as well, but like having her uh, stay in the role, you know, in uh, in the Disney sphere post Star Wars. Yeah. Than a Skywalker I, actually, I actually really respect the decision Disney made to cast her in this because she yeah. deserves. Um, oh, yeah. she went through a lot just by being in a Star Wars movie. It was completely messed up. So yeah. the fact that they, you know, they recognize that they recognize that she is talented and and she deserves an opportunity to be in one of their movies and be celebrated for it instead of being whatever the hell it was that happened to her. I mean, that was so weird. It's bullshit as <laughs> so it was. Hundred percent. And then just to talk about the the trailer itself, like I mean. I think this is like uh, a what Dora the Explorer, the adult uh, uh, live action adaptation, was supposed to do. I think that this what that this is what that is going to do here is like provide an actual like you know icon hero for young girls, just like Moana did. Moana is one of the strongest female characters I've ever seen in a movie, and it, you know it. it it's crazy that it, I have to say that about a, a Disney a kids film, but <laughs> it's true. I mean, she's amazing in that movie, and she, you know, and that's the kind of role models I want to see. I think that they're going to uh, kind of ride that train, and you know, we could say the same thing about Frozen, two two yep. independent, you know, queens. You know, spoiler alert: both of them become queens at some point. Um, like. Let's keep that going. I want, I want, like, I'm tired of seeing the same old thing. And I grew up uh, very, very privileged seeing, you know, me on screen in every form. Um, now it's, it's, it's the rest of the world's turn. I'm, I'm pumped for this. I want to see more of this. Uh, the, Disney also found its next big marketable, lovable 
animal in that armadillo. Oh. If it's an armadillo. Oh, yeah. I, damn yeah. it. I just saw that and I'm like, my 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 daughter is going to be like, I want that. Is um, it an armadillo or a hedgehog? Or I think a, it's like, an armadillo. Or, or some kind of fantasy creature based yeah. on an armadillo. Yeah, because I think it gets big at one point. Yeah, it and, got really, really big. She's riding around. Yeah, and I'm so I'm like, okay, but it's still like crazy adorable. So I'm like, okay, I love the fact that we're gonna get another action. It's, it seems like it's action oriented. I love that. It, like the one thing that's cool about this, like like Moana, I love Moana. Is like it's just like there's like a rich history behind that that you can that you it feels real. It's not like oh here's this made up fantasy land. You know, it's just like. Here's a real thing, like that, or it could potentially have been real at one point. I love that about that, and uh, yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. I think the animation's gorgeous in this, and like some of the action sequences, that whole fight scene, I was like, that's very cool. The landscapes look great. I, I'm, I'm, I think Kelly Marie Tran's great. She's also in Monsterland on Hulu. She's involved in the Star Wars Christmas special, which I think is the Lego one. Yeah, yes. yeah, I saw this. Which I, saw I think has one of the great posters of all time With, oh my god i it's just it's just like it's the hand it's like to loop from dad i'm like out of a bed she got me um sorry i will say this about lego lego not just the you know like the lego movies that have come out in theaters like yeah. not just lego movie lego movie 2 uh, batman like lego movie all of the like direct-to-video ones they're still pretty good too they have a frozen one that we watched that's on Disney Plus that is like there's a lot of like there's a lot of in jokes that kids won't get but if you're a parent watching like oh god damn it that is good yeah is there's good. a lot of um there's a lot of like uh DC universe movies that um aren't like following like the 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 same universe as the Batman Lego movie or the Lego Batman movie but um like there's 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 one with um Batmite that's really good. Oh, nice. really good. Yeah. I also like when they fun. did they had the they had the they had that Lego uh video game that had Doctor Who in it. Yeah. And and they had they was just like, all right, we have it here and I I'd love it. Lego Batman. It's so good. Um, yeah, really. And um <laughs> But yeah, right in the last dragon, that's um oh, I was gonna bring something. Oh, we have to convince Melissa why she should watch Bluey, that's right. It's the Ooh. greatest most what old- is it? It's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney okay. Junior as well. Um, you can probably find it on YouTube as well. It's an Australian show, uh, like cartoon about four dogs. They're called Healers. Um, that's like the Australian name for. I don't remember what they are. They're a real dog, but so everyone's a dog on this, but they all act like humans. And like, it's like a very realistic picture of like parenting, modern like parenting. modern parenting. Parents are definitely hungover in a or. Slightly drunk in some episodes, but not like in a garret, like a like a like an outlandish way. Um, it has a really good heart. It's got a lot of really cool lessons in it. It's just a wonderfully wholesome yet realistic show about family life. And I have legit cried at a few episodes. Okay, Al has too, and he, sold. And uh, it's just like my wife said. She's like, if if our daughter ever stopped watching it, we would just watch it. <laughs> and the episodes are super short, so it's like, like the way I'm gonna pitch it to people from now on is I don't think we need to write another parenting book ever again and just watch like make future parents watch this show. That's how you're supposed to parent. 
Okay. Like, that, is, that is how good the show is. It is modern parenting to to a, to a level that is just like these are like the writers and creators are obviously parents who like are like young thirty something year old parents um, just raising their kids and putting it on the screen like it's so well crafted it does nothing ever feels like ham fisted like there's no like the life lessons aren't like you did a bad thing and now you're like, these are the repercussions. Like everything is so earnest and so well yeah. done. And they're 10 minute to like, I think maybe the most 12 minute episodes, yeah. like the way that they can put so much heart and so much uh, like wholesomeness, but at the same time, wrap it in like, an instruction manual on how to be a good parent is baffling. It's also paid in part by the Australian government, which makes oh. me really hate yep. my government. They're not doing. <laughs> you said you like weren't getting political, buddy. What's going on? That's true, but it's more of a civil, civil uh, yeah, responsibility kind of thing. Not a, not a, yeah. It's a more of a commentary on like the. Australian government obviously sees something good in this show, and I feel like the the U.S. should try to do something similar because it is not, you know, uh, puppy dog pals or uh, oh. PJ Mask where it's just just uh, insipid bullshit, multicolored nonsense <laughs> that your kids are just like it's not riding a bit. Like, listen, I watched Power Rangers my entire existence when I was, as a child, and uh, you know. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon is where I got my life lessons, right? My, my Hey Arnold. Yeah, that, was your, that, was, that was your mistake. Nickelodeon yeah, like, students are not good for life lessons. No, <laughs> but like, but Hey Arnold was probably yeah, the hey Arnold. Of like, yeah, but in this, like, SpongeBob's not helpful and, you know, anything like that. But like, again, Bluey um, is a must watch for just humans because I feel like it would be a better, like, civilization if we watch this show that is the highest praise i can give it it's so good it really is i mean i'm sold i'm already sold i was sold when yeah. you said that it made you cry i was like oh right, it made me right. it definitely made me cry and i oh yeah. i mean i cried more than my wife and stuff but i mean I, that's also it's 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 not easy to get it's not easy to get me to cry at a show but yeah it's definitely we're trying to convince every guest to watch that show because it's just wonderful mm-hmm. um, again are not being paid by Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> we gladly take their money. Work, dude. <laughs> Guys, Our lives would be so much better. Someone has to be listening to Disney. No, I mean, it's, it's just Nick. Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just Nick and not Logan, I can tell you that. Um, and uh, Jennifer. And who? Oh, yeah, your friend. Yeah, she's super nice. We should have her on the podcast. Um, yeah. And okay, so yeah, that's a that's that's a slice of fried gold. Now we're going to move on to well, we're not doing we're not going to do music in a time of quarantine. We're actually going to do comedy in a time of quarantine because Melissa is a comedian. She is the uh, co-writer producer of the uh, comedy sketch comedy group Warm Things, which used to do shows at the Saint Nasbury Park. And when I say used to do, I mean like you would be doing them now if like we could do live things. Yeah. Um, and would have been featured on the Pop Break Comedy Show I had planned to do this year somewhere in Asbury Park, but did not happen. Um, so 
just this one we're going to talk about just like a comedian you've been listening to or do listen to just as a way just to make you laugh during a time where laughter is i i don't know few and far between in reality uh so you're like i listen to myself and all (laughs) my great work no i actually you know i i haven't really been um on the beat so much uh, in the last couple of months because it, it was for a while really hard to to want to like engage in comedy i don't know if anyone can relate to that well but... that, that was going to be uh, that's actually my follow-up question after you get to that about being in comedy during this time but we can uh, let's get to that now it's like yeah being someone who writes comedy being someone who performs comedy regularly not just your own sketches but you've been in other sketch shows I, you've done some some stand-up right a little bit. Not my favorite thing you, da- to do. you dabble. You dabble. You dabble. <laughs> but talk about just trying to create comedy during the last seven months. I can't imagine it's fun or easy. It or isn't. I could be totally wrong because I don't do well, it. For other people, maybe. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of... there. It's weird because when this all first started... Um, and there were a lot of people doing live streams and live, sh- like, you know, like, uh, recording stuff and putting it up. And I was really into that. I was really inspired by it. And I was like, this is maybe the future of comedy in general, because you don't need a lot to do it, right? You mm-hmm. just need something with a camera and a computer and you just do whatever it is you want to do. And you, the whole internet can look at it. And I prefer it in some ways to doing something live because, anyone can see it like you don't have to like you know if you're having a show on a tuesday night at nine o'clock like you have to have off you know like you you know if you're working a kind of job you have to have a job where you can have off on tuesday nights at nine o'clock and you have to like drive to the venue and pay the ticket price and and stand there or sit there for hours and like it's not always a fun experience to go to a comedy show like you might have fun at it but it's not always a fun experience but then, like, if someone's doing a, a live stream, you're in your house, you're doing whatever it is you're doing that you would be doing anyway, but you're also paying attention to this. You know what I mean? And yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's a lot easier, in my opinion, to engage in comedy or, like, try something new out. Because, like, you know, if you're interested in going to see something that you've never seen before, maybe you don't want to make the drive and you don't want to pay the ticket price and you don't, you know, you, you don't want to, like, make a thing of it. But, like, you can just dabble in it when you're, like, I'll just watch this live stream. I think I like it. Um, And, like, I really like it. I really – and, like, so many people have so many creative ideas that they maybe weren't able to do live that they are able to do on a live stream. And it's, like, at first I was, like, oh, this is opening up so much creativity. So many people are coming up with such great things. This is so fun. I really like this. And then it kind of, like, died down a little bit. It felt like like it, yeah. Like, there was kind of a momentum where it was like, we're keeping this alive no matter what. And then it kind of died down. And that's also in in big part due to just the state of the world within, yeah. you know, that period of time. It was just like, there was just like, everything stopped in its tracks. And then things started opening up again. So then everyone was kind of like, oh, business as usual. And, you know, people started just going to, there are bars that are doing open mics and people are going to them and that's it. That's it, you know, and it, I'm a little not disappointed, but I was having a lot of fun with where things were going and I was getting really hyped up like this is the future. This is this is this is a new form of comedy that we can like look forward to in the future because, you know, it's like stand up 
sketch improv but then there's whatever was happening in the first couple months of quarantine and it, that's not really happening anymore because now people are going to bars again and they're going to open mics again but do you think that 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 avenue is that doors is closed or is just because of just everything so up in the air that we're just kind of testing things out because the way you were saying it like we have so many platforms. I know Ryan Barry, who hosted our last Christmas show, he did a couple sketches via Instagram, which were he did one uh, that was about just doing Zoom calls, which was outstanding. <laughs> I know you're you and Ryan are, are, are good friends, and like uh, he killed it. And yeah, don't you think? I th- do you think like when maybe when the dust settles, like we're gonna see like these mediums will be like live streams? I'll be just like, hey, Warm Things is gonna live stream from you know, this black box we had and you could, you know, pay a couple bucks to watch it or you could just watch it for free and maybe you get a bigger audience. Do you, like, how do you feel? Do you think that could happen? Like, or do you think like just because stuff will open up that that door just might be closed for a very long time? I think that, so I think that so, like there, it, it'll kind of trickle, trickle into like, you know, what happens from this point on. Like it won't be as prominent as I, I would have thought it would be back in March, April, May, that area of time but i think i think it like it will carry over because i mean there is like there already was and is and probably will for a while be a really big twitch community yes uh, not just because a lot of people on twitch will use it to like you know live stream video games but then a lot of comedians use it yeah and a lot of people use it and it's a great format and there are some really really funny people that use twitch and that are on twitch and that won't go away. That was already happening before this. It kind of got a little bit bigger. Kind right. of, you know, had more eyes. People had more eyes on their stuff. But I don't think that. Um, like I was really hopeful. I was like, okay, like this is the future. And now I'm like, if it is the future, it won't be the future for another while. You know what I mean? Right. Like we got a glimpse of maybe a couple years down the road, or maybe even decades. But I don't think that it'll be like that. Like, I think that people didn't even want that, which I did, but I think other people didn't. So they're excited to not have to do that anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know I, really I see that. Think, yeah. I really think that um, the future of comedy is that kind of just like Twitch live stream. There's, you, you have so much freedom. You're in so much control of what you're doing. And you can even like, if, you know, venues are kind of like, okay, so for example, The Saint, they're not open to do shows right now right. but you can you know like rent out the saint to perform via live stream right so you can be at the saint performing and people can watch at home and like i think that is an interesting uh like method that i haven't seen a lot of people use for comedy but i would be interested in, in experimenting with i just think that there's like so much to do with not having that physical being in the same room. I, I just feel like that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there that, that seemed like people were picking up on. And then the second you could go back to the bar and do your 10 minutes and get a drink and go home. I don't know why people prefer that, but that's what people prefer. It might be just because it's like, it reminds them that things aren't weird. Yeah. Things aren't wrong. It feels like the before times. Yeah. Definitely. Because there were, I mean, there were people who, like, like I was so, so into it. And, like, I don't know if you watched it, but um, what was that? Was it April or May? Oh. There was that Save the Saint live stream. I didn't watch it, but it was in, uh, I believe it was in, 
in April, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, me and me and Dan Gagliardi, my writing partner and my performing partner with warm things, we did something for it that we really loved. We were really excited about it. Like it was really fun because we were performing it and all of our friends were watching it and texting us and they're like, Oh my God, this is so good. And it was just like a weird way of performing that just felt really fun. And then, um, my friends, uh, Jen and Damon from the band Bone and Marrow, who played our uh, shows before. Yeah. They're amazing. A great band. And they put on this really interesting, like weird recorded set. And then I was talking to them about it afterwards. And I was just like, this was so fun. This was so cool. And they were like, we hated that. We didn't like this. Like we don't feel comfortable with this like medium. And I was like, Oh, you guys did such a really cool, creative, like original thing. I just assumed you were having fun with it. And it's weird because people are forced to, to do more creative stuff, but they're not necessarily enjoying it. Well, you know, it's it's weird going from a live band being in front of an audience to then having to do a canned, you know, whereas like I think with comedy sometimes, if especially if you want to get like how you guys are creative with sketches and stuff like that. And I know you did a, like a show last year, like a full written show like that works well for a live stream, whereas some people like maybe their comedy is very audience based. Yeah. And so that they know, know it's working or not, you know, but stand-up I comedians can't really do a live stream without an audience. It doesn't yeah, really yeah. work. Yeah. Cause you don't know what's, what's, what's playing, what's not. But if you were that, you mentioned some Twitch comedians that you followed. If you were to recommend people, you recommend two people, I should say some comedians on, that you would watch on Twitch that do stuff like this. Who would you recommend? Obviously besides yourself, if you're doing stuff on Twitch. Not yet, but we're, and also another thing that I'll just say real quick and then I'll get to my recommendations. Um, it's also hard because, like, we're all a lot more depressed than we normally are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it really sometimes impedes the the creative process. So you know, so you know, I'll get like a kick of excitement, and I'll be like, "Oh, I have an idea. I want to execute this idea." And then, like, the next day, I'm like, "I don't want to do anything." Um, and that's also been, I think, for a lot of people, a huge thing. But um, so Jack Allison is a Twitch streamer who has, um, I think he has a couple shows. One of them is called Struggle Session. Blanking on the other one, but that's a good one. But then also his wife, um, Kate Raft. And, uh, like, I love this show a lot. Um, she has a show called Hot and Rich. And um, it's sort of like a celebrity gossip kind of thing. I think I know that familiar? show. I think I know it. Yeah, I think. Well, my friend, I have a lot of friends who are really, but obviously outside of you, who are really into comedy, and I feel like I've heard this show before. Um, it's like it's it's. I love it, I, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, I love the creativity, and I love the way that people have been able to like. This is what I want to do. So, how can I fit it into this format? Where it's like it's just you know the first part of it is just her talking about celebrity gossip and stuff. But then at the end, she'll do these little, like, sketches or, like, these little, like, character bits and, like, these, like, little, like, I don't know if they're entirely scripted or if they, like, you know, they, they're kind of improvised, but they're very, she always has someone on as a character and they're very, very funny. Um, and I really enjoy both of them and um, I would recommend Hot and Rich. I love Hot and Rich. Um, awesome. Yeah. Anything uh, else? Anything else you wanted to add? I didn't want to cut you off. Um, just... The the first question you asked about what comedians I'm listening to besides them, besides like Twitch stuff, um, I'm going to vouch very hard for Joe Pera. Um, 
Joe Pera yeah, is probably you, I think the best you've written comedian. about his show. I I would say that Joe Pera is probably the best comedian to listen to right now because he's very soothing. He's very um like he, some people don't get it and I get it. I get that they don't get it. But it, there's something about his comedy that's very like about the human experience yeah. that is just very comforting and and it's very funny, but it's not like he's not making these like ridiculous situations. It's just kind of like the the humor comes from I get you. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it the comes hum- from like lived it, experiences that we share. Yeah, it's not it's not like here's this wacky thing I'm going to totally heighten for jokes. It's like here's the humor in life. Yeah, like there's one character on his show, um, Joe Perry talks with you. Um, there's one character who's like he he's a teacher. Uh, he teaches band, I think. Um, and he, one of his coworkers, is just like the kind of guy that's always clearly lying about like what he's up to. You know, like you know, there's the episode where they come back from the summer, and he's like, "What'd you do over the summer?" And he just makes up all these stories, like, "Yeah, I had like this like fling with this woman," and and like clearly he's making it all up. <laughs> and and Joe is just listening to him very like patiently and kindly. And I was just like, "That's so funny because we all." have that coworker. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we're just like I know you're not telling me the truth, but it's fine. You're harmless. You're not hurting anyone. And he has a show on Comedy Central, right? Or was that Adult Swim? He had the show Joe Para, right? So he, he actually um was it Comedy Central? Or was it MTV? He had these like little like vignettes, these little like short films. I think they were actually on YouTube. I'll have um, to find out, I, yeah. But, but it's on Adult Swim. Joe Perry's show is on Adult Swim. There are there were two there, so there are three specials. He had two specials prior to having his own series, so he's a full series. Then he actually released a quarantine special um, earlier in the court in in this whole quarantine, and it was when I saw it, I was like, "This is exactly what I needed right now. Like this was the this was the best thing anyone could have put out to speak to like what we're all going through and like how to get through it." Um, so if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend it. I'm going to throw this question out to the table because my, my pick will be, I'm going to just give you my pick because it's very good to make it very short because this is why we, one of the reasons we want to have you on is to talk about comedy is because you are the most experienced. You're in the, you're in that world. To me, it's always, it's always going to be John Mulaney. I never forget putting, uh, his Kid Gorgeous, which Al was at that show in Radio City on and, um, my mom was watching it and I'm thinking, oh, you know tall catholic guy my mom's gonna love this guy you know he's like the handsome version of what my dad would have been and um did not find him funny <laughs> and i'm like doris you I, and I, I remember odd. sending like she was talking about it at dinner and i you know, anytime my mom's around during a holiday i have way too much to drink because it's just it's a, it's a it's a chore you know how it is al uh and mm-hmm. uh, you've never even met my mom but you know how it is around family and i was just yes. like i'm like doris your sense of humor is dead <laughs> but it's always Mulaney. He's just it's he's like a tall, warm blanket who wants to be the mayor of nothing. Uh, so I always love him. And his 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 uh, the the lobster diner sketch from SNL I think is the best thing they've done in uh, outside of the other stuff they've done with him. What he did the uh, bodega sketch uh, musical. Um, that's the only time I find SNL funny these days. I literally watched yeah. SNL on Saturday, and I was like, I didn't laugh at all. I just was like, I will, this yeah, isn't funny. But I'll say, 
what I'll say is that I, I used to review SNL for Pop Break and I stopped, and there's a I reason know. for that. <laughs> I know, I missed those reviews because it gave us good yeah. content on the weekends. Um, but I would Mulaney. never force someone to watch reviews of something they didn't want. But it's Mulaney. Um, <laughs> yeah. Al? No, I was going to say, I, I, I totally agree that uh, the only time SNL is funny is when they have a strong comedic persona which was crazy this week because it was Issa Rae, and if you watch Insecure, that show's great. And yeah. it's just like all the sketches they put her in, and we're just like, how can we make Issa Rae not funny? I don't know. Let's don't know figure it out. And you know what? Successful. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if under different circumstances that would not be the case. Maybe. Like if this, if we weren't during like the most political time ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? But... Uh, yeah, Mulaney is comfort food to me. That's that's like watching Parks and Rec. He is, if I want to laugh, if I want to smile, I don't care if I've, I've heard the same joke 30 times. His delivery um, is just, there's nothing like it, honestly. I had to explain the J.J. Bittenbinder bit to my brother-in-law that he's Ugh. a real person. Oh my god, that was my that was one of my fantasy football team names. Yeah, and I had watched it. And two I was years like, ago? Fuck it. No, it was like three years ago, and I was like, what the fuck three is years this? Ago. Oh, by the way, Al and I play each other fantasy football this week. Uh, I've been researching. Oh. I want to beat you so bad. Um, I'm going to destroy you. I know. It's sad. Um, I know. There's no I'm very good. But um, I guess my big question to both of you is. Oh, can I do my pick first? Oh, I thought oh. you were just picking Mulaney. That's why. Oh, no. Sorry. No, my, uh, my pick is going to be super quick because everyone at this point in 2020 should know this person. Um, it's Sarah Cooper. If you follow oh. her on Twitter or TikTok, where she really got incredibly famous uh, during the pandemic, uh, she's the the girl that is Woman. does the like basically lip dubs of uh, Donald Trump and uh, her crazy reactional uh, videos to it. Uh, she's like a very talented sketch comedy artist. Um, her Netflix special, her first special, which is like a comedy variety kind of show will be airing on October 27th and uh, you know, obviously being uh, produced by Netflix, it's already going to be a pretty big deal, but I think uh, it's produced by people like uh, Natasha Leone is I think is the producer. And uh, I think it has Maya Rudolph in it and a couple other comedic, uh, you know, very famous people. So um, yeah, Sarah Cooper is one of the only things that has made me smile during this time outside of uh, my son uh, and my family, oh, you know what wow. I mean. Try um, to, I'm trying to brownie points when your son listens to this podcast 20 years from now. Oh, He's not going to listen. No, to I was going to say that you don't make me smile. You just tolerate my uh, not smiling. Yeah, I mean, you you barely smile. Um, <laughs> I always every time anyone says Maya Rudolph, I'm just like, did anyone see uh, um, Away We Go with yes. her and John Krasinski? Okay. I did actually see that. It is, it, it, Melissa, I think you would really enjoy this. She, it's like they play a married couple on a road trip, and they like uh, meet different friends, different people on the way. Yeah, she's going back to her uh, childhood home after I... Well, spe- specifically, they... She it's is, been a while uh, since I've seen it, so... Okay, so she's pregnant with their first child, yeah. and they are trying to find their home, like where they're going to settle down, because I think they don't have one. Like, they're like... Oh, that's people it, yeah. moved. So they're trying to find their home. And it's like this kind of like weird, quirky adventure movie that is like, I don't know. It was during that like weird middle of the 2000s, like, like quirky indie phase. Yeah. But it, yeah. you know, it's not like 
quirky, like, fuck, this did not age. It it, it's a, it has a very good heart to it. And it gets very yeah, sad very, at points. And, and it's also generally fun. funny. Yeah. Funny. Because there were some quirky movies from the aughts where you're like, <laughs> I, what the <laughs> fuck did I see in that? Um, but I guess my, uh, but I was going to say, also, every time I hear Maya Rudolph, I'm just like so underrated. Just like, yeah. She's so good. You guys, ever, the other one she was in that was great was Up All Night. You ever see that one? It was it was it was, it was a, the first season is the best. It was with Christina Applegate and Will Arnett. They played a couple where he was like he had a high power job, lost it. I think he was an attorney. She was a producer on an Oprah esque show, and the Oprah esque character was played by Maya Rudolph. Oh, who eventually that... falls in love with Jason Lee, who's their next door neighbor. <laughs> and and it is it was so good and she's one of the best parts i always think like my rudolph is never appreciated enough uh, just how never. ridiculously funny she is and supposedly also has a that. prince tribute band oh that, that plays brooklyn bowl like once a year oh okay. totally forgot about the show yeah it's such a good show i don't even know where it's airing they tried changing in the second half of the first season or the second season where she stayed at home and he went to work and everyone's like that defeats the purpose of the show, um, but yeah, Two seasons. That, yeah, it was it was a good show. Season and a half, actually. Okay. Yeah, because that second season was so bad. Um, but I was going to ask you guys about about comedy. It's just like and stuff like that. Is do you guys find it just very hard to laugh? Whether you just don't feel like you should be laughing, or just everything sucks, so nothing is funny. Like, how, how is comedy and humor like, or is it just, or do you find yourself relying on? the greatest, the old comfort food. Melissa, I'll go to you first. I, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, the best way to put it. You put it anyway you want. I find it harder to laugh at things because I am, my, just, the way that I think has become more critical. Yeah. And so, you know, when I hear something or I see someone trying to be funny, my instinct is to just be like, all right, well, what do you have for me? Like, what is this giving me? What do you and have for me? <laughs> like a lot of times I'm just like, I got nothing out of this. And so I like, don't find as much stuff funny anymore because like it has to either have value or it has to so deliberately have no value that I enjoy it because I don't have to put value into it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I, yes, I actually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be fucking ridiculous. And you're just like, all right, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Go, go for it. But, but I don't know. It's 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 harder. It definitely is harder to find stuff funny these days for me. Wow. I think I'm I'm finding humor in just life now, like in general, like just like you know current events and the things that are happening are the things that make me laugh because like the world is going to like legit hell and it's just like we're like along for the ride and like we can't do anything to really stop it. We're just trying to like hold on and it's like you kind of just have to laugh at like ah well you know we're all fucked right so like it's weird because my wife and i would watch stand-up like every week right and i still think that netflix has the ability to air a new comedy special every week and they probably still do it but like we're not on the same wavelength anymore of doing that i don't know why it's just like outside of the occasional like let's put on Mulaney. like the things that like have made us laugh are like Shit's Creek. And yeah. again, like something like I mentioned before, like Sarah Cooper, like these little glimpses, short bursts of humor. It's not like, I don't know. We, we were at a time where we would watch a different comedian, you know, a couple 
couple times a, a week, and then it just got to a point where like just being alive was funny, and being around this horrible situation that we're in, and watching the the powers that be consistently you know shoot himself in the foot. Um, that's the thing that's been making me uh, laugh. It's just like just like kind of like laughing at our own misery. Which is yeah. super depressing, but kind of that's, yeah. that's the darkest right? you've ever been on this podcast. But well, yeah. I, I like, dude. I'm just gonna say it. The funniest thing that I have seen in the last couple months has just been like pretty much anything that rest that happens on wrestling, like WWE or yeah. AEW. Just silly shit. Just so silly. Yeah. They just throw so much at the wall, and they're just like, "Did that stick?" And like me, I'm watching at home, and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, like, right here. It's stuck right here, guys. We like, like, literally, we were watching this, fun. we're doing this podcast, and there was a musical number with dancing on it. There I don't even know. Dancers, there was choreography. I don't I even know what it was. I was trying not to laugh the whole time. <laughs> they were having a steak dinner. Uh, they late, um, late dinner debonair. Like, yeah, but, uh, and they've been hyping up this dinner, this steak dinner, for a week now. They've been putting out all these promos for it, and one of the wrestlers involved was tweeting yesterday, like, what should I order as my side dish? And I was just so into it. I was just like, <laughs> I can't wait to see what this dinner is like. And it was a musical number. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I, like, Melissa, when you said, like, either it has to have value or no value, like, I'll watch uh, my wife, and I think twice my wife has binged um, New Girl. During this mm-hmm. time, and just the ridiculousness of like Nick, Winston, and Schmidt. I don't know. So I don't know if you're a fan of the show or not. I've actually never watched it. It's if if you're looking for something, hey, I don't think you can go wrong with it. I the show definitely changes after season it. one. Um, but yeah, it's just like those guys, like those three, are just like this the silliest of the sillies, and they just they just do ridiculous shit, and you're just like, I just can't help but laugh at this because it's just utterly absurd. But I find, like, if I could just be a schmaltz ball for a minute, like, I find more, I find humor more in laughing on the last 31 weeks of this podcast or doing Zoom calls with uh, my friends on Saturday night where we, we just basically do a, we never really, we haven't released, we're going to do a podcast where we read, we read the cut from the New Yorker, which is like their sex com. <laughs> we just all do random voices and we just read it out. We're never going to release it because two of the guys on it are in television, so we cannot <laughs> sully their names. But it's just like it's just like random. It's like I have more fun talking with you guys, or like and and laughing about just whatever, and or talking with my friends. And I find more pure joy in humor than that. Mm-hmm. Like I can't relate to a stand-up being like my wife, which I never yeah. could really in the beginning. But just any kind of stand-up, and I'm just like, ah, this is just so. I can't get into it. Or when people try and get political, I'm just like, we talked about it. Um, can't do it anymore. <laughs> a few weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? With we talked Ken- about it Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I was just like, I was just said, we were talking about the opening, the the premiere of Saturday Night Live. And I was just like, I just don't find it funny anymore because it's just like, you can't make fun of the situation we're in because every day it gets more ridiculous and more... Yeah. unbelievable that there's no humor in it to me it's just it's just my inner monologue screaming and then another bottle of whiskey in my recycling bin you know what i mean yeah or, or if you're gonna make humor or you're gonna try or to find humor in it, it. Yeah. you 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 can't <laughs> you can't um you can't follow the old rules 
Yeah. You know, like you can't follow the old rules of satire and political, yeah. you know, humor. Like you have to do something really completely out of the box. And SNL is not the place to find that. You know what? Colin yeah. Jost was in wrestling and so was Michael Chang. And you know what? They weren't funny. They weren't. And, and, uh, uh, was it Braun Strowman? It was Braun Strowman, right? Yeah. He was the funny one. <laughs> he was, they gave, like, they made him funny and he is not a funny man. Oh, he when did? Colin, Colin gifted him that really nice car and he just tore it apart piece by piece. I was, just was like, really I was just like, you know what, Colin Jost? I feel like you deserve this somehow. <laughs> this is so karma funny. for something some shit you did yeah he gets like shitted on like from all corners of the world but then i forget that he can consistently say i don't care like i'm married to scarlett johansson you know what know. <laughs> celebrity wedding celebrity marriages don't last forever con keep it tight that's all i'm saying <laughs> um true. so that was our comedy wait well once I just wanted to reiterate something you said. That was I, the most I, serious we've ever gotten on this podcast, where we weren't angry true. about politics, by the way. Exactly. And I'm glad and you brought true. that out in us, Melissa. I'm glad you brought, like, gravity <laughs> and grit, because you watch WWE, you know the word grits on all the time. <laughs> I do want to say that I, I, I second what you said about, like, doing this. Yeah. Like, doing this has been great. We beat Quibi. Great. Like, yeah. Could, yeah. <laughs> but we beat Quibi. But no, but just, like, uh, a great example is the uh, the Point Pleasant episode. The, uh, you know, our... Oh our our twentieth, our twentieth episode or twenty fifth? So point pleasant. Oh, oh Melissa, God. go back. Okay, Melissa. so we watched the. We went up. It's like in glorious, like two forty p on YouTube. It's so low res. We watched the whole pilot to the show point pleasant. You know the show we're talking about. Oh, very well, dude. Yes. Go watch the. Go listen to that episode. I will message you that the link to it. Um, yeah. We talked about that whole thing, and I think we are, we mentally broke yeah. multiple times. We didn't yeah. even drink; and we were stone cold sober, and yeah. we were just like, "That's true." Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, what are we watching? This is so great. It, it broke our brains. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, been the same I, since. I remember being. I mean, I was. I forgot. You're a Jersey Shore was, person, so you know it. I'm a Jersey yeah. Shore person. I was. I'm Ocean County. I am. You know, Zen. one time over. Yep, so, so I was. I was so excited to see it when it came out when I was a kid, and I remember watching it and just being like, huh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> watch the pilot again. It's worse than the first time you watched it. Oh, my God. And worse, I mean better. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> so, Melissa, if you want laughter in nothing with value, oh. it would take. I'm going to send you the link. You will love that episode. I will watch it. I will. No, no, no. I'm going to send you a link to our podcast, too, because yes. it's... You please, have to please, please let us know how how <laughs> if, if we are if if it made you laugh at all that's all that matters Our podcast, to us. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's I'm excited. Great. I'm, I'm yeah. actually excited to watch this. Well, all right, Bill, continue. I, um, so it was comedy in the time of quarantine. Oh God, just think about that episode. It's so it's much great. funnier than any episode of Saturday Night Live this year. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna do a quick uh, version of the watch list. Um, because it is getting a little. Well, it's actually not that late for us, but we want to. We want to. Al's, Al's cranky. Um, cranky. You're always cranky. Uh, so basically, what we're doing is recommended recommendations for people to watch certain things uh, during this or stuff you watch that have kept you happy. We also want to do a Halloween recommendation. So, Melissa, this is your floor to convince <laughs> Al to watch. 
Hubie Halloween, starring Adam Sandler currently, and everyone who's ever been in an Adam Sandler film, currently airing on Netflix. So, alright, so I will admit, going into Hubie Halloween, I was like, well, first of all, so, there's so much to say. Okay, so first of all, Adam Sandler threatened when he did not get nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems that he was going to retaliate by making his worst movie ever. I'm assuming that the movie he's referring to was Hubie Halloween, but I do not by any means think that this is the worst movie he's ever made. I think this is probably the best movie he's made. Um, I don't know. When was the last like really good Adam Sandler movie? Uh, that is a such a divisive answer. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you mine. Okay. Because I think it is like it's gonna eventually reach cult status. I love you don't mess with the Zohan. That has yeah, definitely got a cult everyone, that has got a cult status. Everyone who's anyone loves that movie. I haven't seen I it. love that movie. <laughs> I've not that seen is it. a that is a super quotable, great like like that is like I think that's last like hurrah of the classic Sandler movies, right? The the Happy Gilmore's the clicks, the the Billy Matt like that vein or fifty first dates, like that Which rain. I love that movie. Oh yeah, I love it's it. a good movie. that yeah. rain ends with you don't mess with the Zohan. Yeah. Yeah. Because then sure. he goes into the Netflix oh, yeah. well, I think just a brief period of like Jack and Jill and just <laughs> oh uh, uh 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 the one with Jennifer Aniston uh and Dave Matthews. Uh, Yes. I know the one you're talking about. I'm blanking on the name, but I know exactly. the one. So then he does like that. And then Blended with Drew Barrymore. Blended. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And then he gets the Netflix deal and he makes a, just grown a pile of crap. Six. Yeah. <laughs> grown Ups, you can add those but, to it. Like, Zohan is the last of the Sandler that we I would, grew I would up on. Say, I would say that this movie, you know, just, it, just, it, it is, it is a return to form. And, like, it's interesting because I think that he did in some way, like, you know, he said, I'm going to make the worst movie I've ever made. And I think what he actually did was he said, I'm going to make the craziest movie I can make that, like, will leave you walking away just like, God damn it, that was actually good. Like, I don't know how, against all odds, this movie had heart, it was funny, it was a good movie. Like, it's, by movie standards, a good movie. And I will say that I have been preaching the good word of Hubie Halloween since I saw it, which I went into it and I was like, look, I, I, I put it on literally like at like 1230 a.m. And I was like, I'll watch a half hour of it. I'll be like, I tried it. It wasn't good. And then I ended up watching the whole thing, loving it, and then watching some of it again. I watched it again because it's so good. It's really honestly a good movie. And I must have, I must have gotten at this point. 10 people to watch it and all of them walked into it saying i don't know there's no way and all of them walked out of it saying all right it was a really fun movie every single person was like you got me i didn't think and i there were people who were i was like upset for a couple days because i was talking about it on social media so much that people were like my my old friends were like arguing with me they were like you know dming me and replying to me and just being like it wasn't that good you, there, t- tell me what was good about this movie and then I would like I would just talk about it and they would be like alright I'll watch it and then they would come back and they'd be like it was really good was, and, one, of, was one of them Taylor Allen? yes Taylor Allen was one of them good. Taylor loved it <laughs> Taylor loved it and it's such a so it's it's so silly it is so silly 
that it's so easy to just completely just like transport yourself into this movie because like it is just so not reality that you're actually grateful for that. Like, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I have something to watch that does not remind me of the real world at all. And it's so charming. Like, there's such a, a like, a positive, sweet message to it. It, all this movie wants you to do is feel good. All this movie wants you to do is laugh and feel good. And I think it accomplishes both of those things. I think that, I think they knew that people were going to have this very, very volatile, like, there's no way in hell Phoebe Halloween is a good movie reaction to it. Especially because the name, like, for some reason, the name pisses people off. People are like, what is Phoebe Halloween? What's a Phoebe Halloween? <laughs> and it's, it's so dis- disarmingly fun that I just, like, and it's such a good Halloween movie. Like, it, I don't really care about Halloween, but it really got me in the Halloween spirit. It's, if, if you watch nothing else, like, if you take no other recommendations from anyone, like, please watch Phoebe Halloween. Please just open your mind to the possibility that you're going to have fun, and you will have fun. Did I sell it? You sold it. I'm in. Good. I'm going to watch it. Yes. You're, you're good. I, I don't even need to, to fight you on that one. Because, like, I, I need I need, I need, need to laugh. Um, All you'll do is laugh. And it's so actually funny. Like, I was shocked at how funny it was. There are some there are some jokes, obviously, that are you're kind of like, eh. But, like, most of them land. Like, the first two minutes of the movie, I was already laughing my ass off. Because it's so was... stupid. I think that was spoiled for me. There's like a big cameo in the beginning. That's pretty, uh, that was spoiled for me and I'm not going to spoil it now, but we can talk about it off camera. Yeah. Off, uh, <laughs> off mic. I mean. Um, Bill, I'm going to go real quick with mine. Go for it. Sweet. So I was trying to, I'm, I'm because we're talking about, uh, you know, how crap the world is and how we're trying to find these little glimmers of, of joy I've been trying to do this Halloween segment as like horror comedy stuff, right? So I already uh, recommended Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, one of my favorite horror comedies. Uh, briefly said Shaun of the Dead, obviously. And uh, The Guest. I talked about The Guest, which is not a comedy, but it's like more of a, a really cool indie thriller that's very, you know, suspenseful and I, I consider it kind of a horror movie. Um, the pick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go TV um, because I feel like Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas lead to some great uh, holiday-themed television from classic comedies. Um, m- one of my favorites is the Halloween episode of Community. This way, I'm going to recommend it. Uh, I have to pull up the episode title. But basically, it's a, uh, a zombie movie uh, episode. There's, a, there, there, there's like a, a Halloween dance, and someone gets infected by a... a I think it's like tainted like taco meat for for like the chips and dip <laughs> that they have and they uh and basically uh there's a uh, they're, they're trapped in the college with uh, while well, there's a zombie outbreak and uh some great costumes obviously um but just one of the funniest episodes of the community so i will pull it up i have to figure out the uh the name of the episode one second bill you can go with your pick I originally was going to recommend like uh, something I like picked up uh, or I recommended a few a month or so ago, and that was Doctor Sleep from 
the follow-up to The Shining, which I still will recommend. It's on HBO Max, done by Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah, I was really interested in seeing that. It's very good. Uh, it's done by Mike Flanagan, who did Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Black Man- Manor. It's, I think it's a very good movie. However, when Al was mentioning TV, I'm like, well, goddammit, it, I have to recommend this. And it's an animated short. Uh, it's going to be like 30, 20 minutes long. It's Toy Story of Terror. It's, it's <laughs> I don't know, it's just a fun, uh, like, take on horror by, like, the original Toy Story vocal cast. Timothy Dalton is Mr. Prickle Pants, one of my favorite Toy Story characters. Just basically trying to set this up all as a, basically sets the structure of the whole show. And it's just this great little story about overcoming fear from Jesse and just, uh, just a fun romp through the world of Toy Story. I mean, we've all grown up on Toy Story. Of course, I was older than all of you when Toy Story came out. I probably was in sixth grade when Toy Story came out. It was 94, so yeah, probably. Um, and you guys were just still in swaddling clothes. <laughs> anyway, that's the joke that never gets old, except for me. And it's... Uh, but yeah, Toy Story Terror is just a really fun, like, kind of all-ages type thing, just like Toy Story. Like, if you enjoy those movies, this is it's on Disney Plus. We're not sponsored by them. God, I wish I was. And um, yeah, it's just fun. Go watch it. There's also a lot of classic Disney stuff on Disney, like Halloween stuff you watched on Disney when you were a kid. Like the Legend of Ichabod Crane is on there. A couple other things on Disney Plus. So yeah, just watch that. And also check out anything that DuckTales has done recently. They just did a, a Halloween episode that featured mm-hmm. um, vocal cameos from. James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy, and Selma Blair, and, um, oh god, I'm going to totally space on that guy's name, he, he was the voice of, and uh, actor, uh, Abe Sabian, Abe Sapien from uh, Hellboy, oh, Doug, Doug Jones, Doug Jones. Jones. yeah, he Doug was Jones. on it, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great one, where they, like, basically fall into, like, Huey Dewey Louie, fall into a, a haunted house, and somehow Launchpad thinks that how everything at Halloween is real, and he has to go fight that everybody. Was so goddamn funny! And um, it was so goddamn funny. If you haven't been watching Ducktales this season, we've talked about it a lot. This is also a uh, Ducktales stand pod. Beck Bennett, <laughs> Beck Bennett, in the last episode, which is an hour long, basically Darkwing Duck episode. Beck Bennett is just like going for the Oscar. He's going. No, sorry, he's going for the Emmy with some of his performances. Man, he's just doing. In the, he's just like delivers like some really emotional like lines, and it, it's, it's he's been pretty great this season. But yeah, the Halloween stuff they've had this season on Ducktales, which Beyond Demand's on Disney Plus right now. Um, definitely check it out. But my pick is Toy Story of Terror. Just a fun little romp with toys through Halloween. Excellent. My, uh, and Ed Ryerson is the bad guy. The, the community episode is from uh, Season 2, Episode 6, Eptimology. So, uh, okay. House, housekeeping right there. At the and end. we are now going to round out the podcast with uh, Glimmer of Hope. Glimmer of Hope! Oh boy, oh boy. Okay, Glimmer of Hope. This week is uh, Dexter's back. <laughs> um out of nowhere like an RKO is the fact that Dexter which has generally been I've never watched the show myself generally been regarded its last season as one of the worst final seasons ever Um, they showed the critical ratings on IMDB where it was like high 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 and then just like almost cartoon level falling off the chart (laughs) but it was like real numbers but it was like 
it didn't seem like that was a possibility. The finale is considered one of the worst finales ever. We reviewed that's that final season on the site many moons ago. But it is back. Al, I believe the writer of some of the best seasons is back uh, creating this. So, guys, real quick, uh, thoughts on Dexter returning? Uh, and if you're going to watch it, Melissa, I'm going to start with you. I never watched Dexter uh, to begin with, but I've always been interested in, in maybe watching it. Um, and I feel like maybe like uh, Dexter coming back would be a nice little hype to get me motivated to check out the the, ser- the whole series because I've always been like, I would, I would, I would try Dexter, but I've never like had a reason to. Right. And so like, this is a, this is a good, like, okay. Like when is it coming out? Do you know? Um, 2021. What? Next year. Okay. Yeah. So I have time. You got time. And I, I, I can, I can check it out now because I'll be like, all right, I'll finish it. And then I'll have something like, I'll have a reward waiting for me for finishing this. Um, Hopefully. Al, oh, the, you being the Dexter fan, yeah, I I'll mean, save I you was... for last. I just faked you out because my answer is going to be real quick. I've never watched Dexter, uh, mostly because it started when I didn't have Showtime. Because yeah, I feel I... like that's a, that's a show, like, now if I had Showtime and it was premiering, I'm like, oh, uh, a serial killer is a metal, uh, you know, is a, in, involved with the police. Okay, sure, this sounds fun, and I probably would have watched it and loved it. Uh, so I'm going to give it a chance. Also, Michael C. Hall is a hell of a villain in Game Night, which is a very <laughs> underrated uh, comedic romp, which I, I like yeah. very much. Most if you have not seen that, I highly recommend it with Jason Bateman. Yeah, you watch the trailer, and you're like, eh, this looks like a run-of-the-mill comedy. And then you get into it, like, this has gone to places I was just not expecting, including some pretty great car chases, which I was not expecting. Oh. Um and uh, that dude from Forgotten Sons in WWE who got in trouble for being so pro-Trump uh, <laughs> uh, is in it as a bad guy. And I've interviewed oh. him before on this site, so in another persona. <laughs> which, but anyway, that's the most political I'll get on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. If like, like you, Melissa, like I never had a reason to watch it. Now I'm like, okay. Like, I see the cast everywhere. I, you know, I would give it a watch before the show comes out. And I originally thought this announcement when they said he's back. I'm like, oh, they're just going to start re-airing Dexter, like, in primetime because they, they don't have anything. They might not have new content on Showtime. But, yeah, here we are. New season. So, Alphonse, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, just my quick thoughts is uh, I was a huge fan of the original run of Dexter. Um, season four might be one of the greatest uh, seasons of television. Uh, and that's that the I've writer of that is taking care of this. Yeah, season. so the original, the original writer of the uh, or showrunner producer, whatever, the first four seasons is the one who's uh, resurrecting the show. Scott Buck, the guy who did the rest of the series, which was a little lackluster uh, and very hit or miss, uh, also gave us the great series uh, Iron Fist on Netflix. So he is just a, a track star. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm just really curious about what the plot of it is going to be because of how the show ended, uh, without giving away literally anything. Um, the way the show ends so poorly, so terribly written, uh, such a a giant fuck you to fans, um, is, uh, it's going to be hard to kind of write themselves out of that hole. And, uh, 
I, my, my friend and I, uh, uh, another uh, writer on the, the site, Ryan DeMarco and former guest, uh, he talked about, and he's a huge fan of Dexter as well, and dressed as him one year for Halloween. He, really he looks, looks like, like him. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like I'll him. never look like him. I'll never look at him the same again, though. <laughs> yeah, R- Ryan DeMarco is the uh, the human of equivalent of ditto from pokemon <laughs> yeah he just can look like everybody yeah right yeah yeah so uh he had a you know a, a great thought like the second season of the show um they're basically ugh, man it's hard to not spoil the show so i'm not going to but anyway the second season of the show who probably should have been the last season of the show and you'll see that when you start watching it in terms of how uh, how the season is structured so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do um, because of the events that happen in their finale. How are they going to uh, not rewrite, but almost just completely ignore uh, the, that last season? Because it is, uh, again, a train wreck. Uh, I think the, uh, the I think it was a 4.3 the season the series finale has on IMDb. It's that bad. Yeah. Uni- universally hated amongst fans. Uh, but yeah, so uh, excited to say the least, because Michael C. Hall is one of my legit favorite actors. Uh, he's great. He is super underrated. Uh, I He's up there in my uh, underrated actors list, going up there with uh, Mr. Clive Owen. Oh, who's my boy. Michael, we could do a whole podcast on that guy. Go watch King Ryan, Arthur. Ryan King Arthur. would love to do that podcast. Alright, guys. That is our episode for this week. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for for having a good laugh with us. Thanks for, uh, for for getting serious with us for a minute. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, uh, telling people why the hell they should be watching Hubie Halloween. <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me do that. I hope I hope it, if, it, if even one person watches Hubie Halloween because of this podcast. It's out. <laughs> it's going to be out. <laughs> it's going to be out. Uh, Melissa, so uh, where can people find you and your work on Twitter? Oh, or social uh, media in general, I should say. Asthma Squad is my handle. And, you know, if you look me up on Pop Break, you can find all of my fun interviews and reviews that I've done. Um, you already listed the one with Brittany Young, which is such a – I love that interview. Um, I interviewed Kyle Mooney and Tashir yep. um, Zameda. So you can read those. And uh, Moraka. Do you remember that one? That one was a good one. Oh, I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll get you back in rotation soon enough. Um, but where can people find like your comedy as well? Um, Warm Things. So you can look up Warm Things. We're at Warm Things on um, on Instagram. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook. We have a YouTube. So if you just look us up, you'll find us. Excellent. Uh, and Al, uh, do you want to promote anything you do? Sure. Uh, I'm at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, occasionally, I call myself a photographer, so you might see some photos of some sort on the Instagram. Mostly and then kid. Twit- <laughs> mostly my kid. Very true. And then the Twitter, uh, I'm mostly reposting things that uh, I like. That is the gist of it at this point. I don't have any original thoughts uh, going going out on Twitter. But verified. But verified for some reason. I always bring that up. Um, I am at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. If you just want to, you know, hear me shouting into the void about things that annoy me in the world, in the world, about the world. And also just mostly about wrestling, which I'm sure I'll be tweeting about this 
uh, MJF Jericho musical number. Um, but uh, every day, check out thepopbreak.com, um, music, movies, um, uh, comic books, pro wrestling. we got some new sections coming up uh, that I'm excited to announce in a few weeks. Um, find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor at Socially Distance Podcast. Give us a um, give us a rating, review, subscribe. Of course, uh, at popbreak.com, I'll spell on, out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, I'll spell that on Facebook, at the popbreak on Instagram. Also check out um, the breakcast on Apple Podcasts, also Popbreak TV on Apple, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, so for a very distracted Al Manorino, for Melissa Jobin, this is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for keeping us around longer than Quibi. Mm-hmm.